0: A man. Well, today, before I get into my message, in just a second, I want to invite uh, Jacob Ayers up to the stage. Uh, Most of you know Jacob, but not every one of you knows him, so I want to introduce you to him. Uh, He's going to be in Ghana for nine months. Uh, It's pretty exciting. We bought our tickets this week. We're leaving October 3rd. To head over there, and then I get the fun part of leaving him. So I get to go back, and then he gets to stay there. So um, that's funny. He, he comes back June 10th. So he'll be there for, I think it's just around nine months. And, and while he's there, it really is to help coordinate and facilitate what is happening over there. And, and what I'm most excited about, honestly, is that I, I believe he's going to be a communication bridge between Lifespring in Ghana and Lifespring in Edgewood. And by the time he is done in Ghana, we really hope and we're praying that we'd have a clearer picture of all that God is doing over there and really just a better idea of how we can partner with, effectively help and support the churches that are over there. So today I, I've invited him to come up to share a little bit about this exciting work. Can we do a big Lifespring welcome for Jacob Ayers? Uh, That was solid over there.
1: traded it in, and we're going to send the money over there, so the medical clinic is going to get opened, and then from there, we'll just work our way down the list, uh, depending on what they need and everything, Um, so that's going to be awesome, and then uh, the orphanage is being built right now, but uh, the cool thing about that is, and I focused too much on this last service, but just know that there's a lot of corruption over there, orphanages aren't ran very well, um, so as Lifespring, we just want to go over there and really be a light in the darkness. Just like start one that's run by all the right regulations. Just pump Jesus through there into all the kids that actually need help. And it's not going to be about any personal gain or um, anything like that. Like we're going to run just a true orphanage and spread the word of Jesus. Um, So, yeah, I'll be emailing back and forth, sending updates and letting you know what we need, how it's going and uh, how my mental state's going on over there. (laughs) But, yeah. Yeah. Could use prayer when I'm going over there for, well, when Dan and I go over there too. And then after church today at 2 p.m., there's a meeting for a group that's going over in February for two weeks. Uh, so yeah, if you're interested at all, 2 p.m. at Mission Woods, they'll be talking about what that looks like, and you'll get to visit me, and I'll get to see uh, familiar faces, which would be cool.
0: Amen. <laughs> and also, uh, Jacob put together a uh, box uh, back there. Um, there's a table. You know, you're okay. You got three out of the four. It's, it's a solid 75%. Um, Sometimes, yeah, Pat, you're passing. But uh, he, he put together uh, some of the pictures and some more info and, actually, and a shoebox as well. Um, if someone wants to grab that shoebox and decorate it a little bit nicer, that's cool. Uh, I, I'm, just, I'm not, anyway, no, no offense, but a little offense. Um. <laughs> Anyways, um, honestly... We, it's not in our church budget Um, all these things are above and beyond gifts that come from you and what we're doing and with the orphanage as he was talking about what we're building right now is the caretaker's house so we're, we're building the caretaker's house once he gets on the land starts working it with some animals and hopefully growing some crops. The people around there will know that it's actually our land. If you know there, if you don't use it, you lose it. And so uh, they'll know that that's our land, and then uh, we'll, we'll take slow steps, um, moving forward to that. Again, I think it was uh, 2013. they closed, I think it was 80 or 90 orphanages due to corruption and due to just you, you know, you know how it is. Americans get over there. we're white people with money. We see you know, the poverty and see the poor, and we bring our money. and the people that are running these orphanages take the money, live pretty well. While these kids, they make sure they look poor, look like they don't have anything, which they don't have anything, and they're poor, uh, just to tie it, you know, tug at our heartstrings. And what's hard about that is the corruption actually causes those kids that actually do need help and really do need these resources. Uh, really, um, people, there's such a mistrust in Ghana that they don't get the uh, the resources that they need. And so we really want to come in there and, and and bring a healthy place uh, for these kids to be able to. Um, Uh, have schooling be able to have food be able to have shelter and also we believe um, a hope in the future so thank you so much for being a part of that thank you Jacob for um, saying yes to the call of God in your life Uh, we're all really excited to be a part of it and um, it really is going to be fun to take you over in October and Ghana they're freaking out I mean they're just so excited about this young man Jacob they so far they've been calling him Mr. Jacobs Um, (laughs) (laughs) it's been hard to communicate no his first name is Jacob Mr. Ayers, but Mr. Jacobs, that sounds cool. It's like a spy name, like, I'm, I'm Mr. Jacobs. <laughs> well, today we're, we're continuing our summer series, and I've really enjoyed the summer series. I, I hope you have as well. Um, it's been called Post-it Notes from God, and, and we started way back in June, if you remember. It was the idea that God misses us, right? He says, I miss you. I mean, he really, really misses us, and the idea, the same, I said this every week, was that the creator misses his creation yeah the creator misses his creation and then in july we looked at the fact that god loves us and he sends us these little messages of his love really he sends us these messages throughout our entire life and, and it's a love that is demonstrated in the bible in his holy word it's also a love that is demonstrated by his holy spirit last sunday was kind of fun we saw that god loves us so much So much that he did not leave us alone just to kind of wander and live on this earth by ourselves. He loves us so much, he's actually coming back to get us. Did you know that? That God loves us so much that Jesus is actually coming back. Pretty amazing. And then today, we're going to start this next, I I think probably three, four weeks, uh, really on one idea. And, And just to keep this laser focused, it's that for those of us who are walking with Jesus, he actually has some things for us to do. Do you believe that? That Jesus actually has some things for us to do. You find it in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. He tells us, For we are God's handiwork, you and I, God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for you and I to do. Now, these aren't good works to try to earn salvation. These aren't good works to try to stay saved. There's actually quite a few Christian denominations that believe you got to do all these good works to try to stay saved. Uh, We wouldn't uh, tell you that. But it's really the idea that because God loves us, because God loves us, he actually has a plan for us. That out of his love, the creator actually has a purpose for his creation. You ever think about that? That when you create something, what you've created, there's a purpose behind it. There's intentionality behind it. There's a reason why you created it. We actually believe every one of you who has been created, the creator created you on purpose, with intentionality, for a reason, for, guess what? Good works for you to do. We believe this. He has good things for us. And he's sending us these little messages, these post-it notes, so to speak, reminding us of the things he's called us to do. And and so for this month, the month of August, the the post-it note might look like this. Please don't forget. And it's the note that's on the fridge. You ever seen the note on the fridge? Please don't forget. And then whatever it might be. So my wife tells me, Dan, please don't forget to pay the utility bill. Right Where God might say, please don't forget to pursue righteousness. I might tell my sweet little Ava, please don't forget to practice the piano. God says, please don't forget to take care of the orphan and the widow. The landlord, he's pretty good at saying, please don't forget, right? Please don't forget to pay the rent. Where the Lord says, please don't forget to love your neighbor as yourself. So I'm pretty excited about this month. It's going to be great to see God's heart for us, his love for us, but also God's plan for us. We're going to discover that he is constantly sending us messages by his Holy Spirit through his Holy Word. Please don't forget, I have some good things, good works that I've prepared in advance for you to do. Before we go any further, let's bow our heads and let's pray. Lord Jesus, I just thank you for today. I thank you for each one here, Lord. Would they be reminded today by your Spirit that none of them are here by accident? And that right now, Lord, is an opportunity for transformation. We do not want to miss out on your good word for us today, Lord. We want to be awake. We want to have our eyes open, our ears open to all you'd want to say and do in us today. So, Lord, we are here, ready to learn, ready to grow, all to become more like your son, Jesus Christ. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. 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 So I've entitled this week's message, Please Don't Forget to Take Out the Trash. Please don't forget to take out the trash. And I want to start by turning to the book of James. It's in the New Testament. If you got your Bible, turn to the book of James. If you don't have your Bible, I want to encourage you. We always have Bibles in the back. We will always have Bibles there. I want to encourage you, if you want to borrow one on a Sunday morning, borrow it. If you want to take one on a Sunday morning, take it. If you have a neighbor or a friend or a family member or a classmate or a teacher that doesn't have a Bible and you're like, I want to give them a Bible, please take a Bible And give it to them we just are so passionate about getting the word of God into the hands of God's people so please use the Bibles that we have back there but here it is chapter 1 verse 19 and this is again James talking writing inspired by the Holy Spirit he says understand this my dear brothers and sisters this is good he says you must all be quick to listen slow to speak and slow to get angry Human anger anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So, get rid of all the filth, get rid of all the evil in your lives, and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. But don't just listen to God's word. Don't just listen to it. Do what it says. Otherwise, you're just fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word, but you don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself walk away and you forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and you don't forget what you've heard, guess what? Then God will bless you for doing it. Verse 26, listen to this. If you claim to be religious, but you don't control your tongue, you're fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans, caring for widows, and what? Refusing to let the world corrupt you. Wow, right? That's a good one. I mean, this passage is packed with instruction for us as Christians. But you know what? It's also packed with some garbage. <laughs> Do you see the garbage in that passage I just read? I mean, there is some trash that needs to be thrown away. Look at that first verse. It says, understand this, brothers and sisters, so everyone in this room, if you're calling yourself a Christian, listen to this. You must all be quick to listen. Say quick to listen. Say slow to speak. And say slow to be angry. Hmm. All right. Thanks, James. Anybody squirming yet? Right? (laughs) Quick to listen. Slow to speak. So that mouth that you love to just let run. (laughs) <laughs> and that tongue that keeps getting you into trouble, guess what? It's time to get rid of it. It's time to let God be in control once again over your mouth and over your tongue. As Christians, I want to encourage you, this is actually something that you and I can do today. Did you know that? That right now in this moment, what, 1149, that we can do this? Isn't that the great thing about being a Christian? That regardless of how you came in this morning, you can give God this very moment permission to actually affect the words that come out of your mouth. Where you actually might leave here quick to listen and slow to speak. All right, he says you must be slow to get angry. <clears throat> so that quick temper that you have, guess what? The quick temper, it is garbage. It is messing with the Spirit of God who resides within you. They do not, they do not actually mess at all. It's like oil And water, they do not go together. Because the fruit of the Spirit, listen to the fruit of the Spirit. You remember fruit of the Spirit, that whole long list of a Christian who has the Spirit in them, that the things that are produced in a a Christian, Galatians talks about this list. And they call it the fruit of the Spirit. Well, here's a couple of them. It includes patience. It includes gentleness. It includes self-control. I want to encourage you right now by the power of God that resides within you. Right now, you have everything you need to be able to be patient. To be able to be gentle and to stay in control. You can do that. You do not not have to be quick to get angry. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God has that kind of power in you and through you right now? You do not have to get angry. In fact, verse 20 tells you, and this is why it's a key ingredient. It says, because human anger, it does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Wow. Right? So the God of the universe the righteousness that he desires to be produced in us it will not be produced as long as anger has a grip on your life verse 21 so get rid of all the filth get rid of all the evil in your lives all right get rid of all the filth and get rid of all the evil Cleaning house hope you know by now that none of these things can be done on your own, right? None of these things can be accomplished just through a bunch of human effort or a bunch of willpower, right? Have you ever tried that? Like I'm just never going to sin again, right? How far did that take you? Like an hour? <laughs> no, the, right? And that's stretching it. No, these are things that can only be done by the power of God that is in you. See, today, if you want to get rid of the trash then you have to give, and this is so important, you have to give the Holy Spirit permission to come in and clean house. He's really good at it. With intentionality, fully invite. Again, right now, this moment, second service, invite the Holy Spirit to enter you. Invite Him to dwell in you. Let Him come. Let Him fill you. Every part of you. This really is the key to all of this. Because in 1 John... First John chapter 1, verse 6. Listen to what it, what it says. It says that God is light. Everyone say, God is light. God is light. And in him there is no darkness at all. So when God fills you with his presence and when he dwells in you, the light of Christ dwells in you. And where the light resides, there is no darkness. Amen. Come on. So let the light shine and guess what? The filth will flee. The evil will flee. The darkness has to flee amen then he writes humbly accept the word that God has planted in your hearts for what it has the power everyone say power Power. say everybody say power. power it has the power to save your soul did you know that this is not a powerless religion that there is power in the word that God has planted in your heart isn't that good he just says accept that good word that he has planted in your heart because it does have power it has the power to save your soul But I love what comes next, because it's almost like James, and again, he's inspired by the Holy Spirit, but he tells us to accept the word that is planted in our hearts, but it's almost like he doesn't think we actually are are actually going to do that. And and so he takes it a little further, and he kind of just goes for it. Listen to what he says. He says, accept the word that God has planted in your heart. It has the power to save your soul. But then he says, don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says wow right so so if you're really good at reading the word or if you're really good at you know listening to the word but you're not so good at obeying the word it's time for that to be thrown away he says if you're just hearing the word but not actually doing what it says you're only fooling yourself meaning what you're doing it's not doing anything it's powerless it's not doing anything you think you're doing something by hearing the word but it doesn't matter friend it doesn't matter brother or sister it does not matter Christian unless you actually take it from the word into your mind from the word into your heart and then obey what it says James takes it even further he describes it this way I love the picture that he gives us he says if you listen to the word but you don't obey it it's like glancing at your face in a mirror You see yourself, you walk away and you forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free and you do what it says and you don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. See, if you listen to the word but you don't obey it, it's like looking at your face in a mirror. You walk away and you just forget what you look like. But if you carefully look into the Word of God, actually do what it says, not forgetting what you've heard, but actually remembering and doing what it says, then God will bless you for doing it. God's promise, I will bless you for obeying my Word. Do you believe Scripture this morning? Do you believe the Word this morning? I didn't make that up. It's just just right in there, the Holy Word of God all right cleaning house getting rid of some of these things the quick tongue getting rid of the quick anger getting rid of the filth getting rid of the evil allowing the light of christ to shine letting the holy spirit fill us building our lives on the word of god not where we just listen to it where it goes in one ear and whoop out the other no we're actually listening to it and then obeying and doing what it says and now we see that god will bless us for doing it but then james continues and it only gets more serious and it only gets more intense and i hope you're listening this morning this is a warning for every one of you please do not play the christian Life, play the Christian game. You will be destroyed by Satan if you are playing the Christian game right now. Take this serious. Here's the warning if you claim to be religious but you do not control your tongue, you are fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. Sometimes you kind of wish some of those things weren't in there, huh? Be a little bit easier if it wasn't there. But if you claim to be religious but your tongue is running, you are fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. He says, you know, you got to get rid of all the things that are not of God. Let the perfect light of Christ remove it all. Live by the word of God. Let the word of God that is planted in you, let it grow. Let it expand within you. Let it affect you. Let it change you to an extent where it actually influences you, influencing your very words and your very actions because man, if you do not control your tongue, you are fooling yourself. Whatever you think you are doing, this religion, that you think you're doing it is worthless and i love this about james I love this because he actually believes, and I hope we do as well, that if you are a Christian, then the world around you should be able to take notice that you are a Christian, not just in your name tag, but by the words you speak and the things you do. See, he believes that now that you are a Christ follower, your words will change, your actions will change. For James, being a Christian is not just the name tag you wear or a little check box that you check off on a survey. No, being a Christian, it involves real transformation that others around you will notice there's something different about you Paul thinks this way as well he writes this in Colossians chapter 1 listen to what Paul says this transformation where people will notice look what he says he says we ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding and then listen to what he says verse 10 he says then the way you live will always honor and always please the Lord. And your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. Hallelujah. Come on, I, I keep that on the screen. For me, verse 10, verse 10 I mean, that's what I want my life to be about, right? I mean, isn't that your passion, your hope? Right, look at verse nine. It says, as God reveals his will to us, and, and he gives us spiritual wisdom. And he gives us understanding. Then, then, if we allow God to grow us in this way by his word, then the lives that we live will always honor God, will always please God. And our life will produce every kind of good fruit. And we will grow, and we will grow, and we will grow as we learn about God better and better and better. I don't know about you, but that's what I want. I want that. I want a life that honors God, that pleases God, a life that produces good fruit, a life that grows to become more like Christ every day. And both James and Paul would tell us, and I hope you can receive this this morning, if you are a Christian, you need to wake up and expect that kind of change to happen in your life. It's just what happens in a Christian. But for this to happen, we must allow the Holy Spirit to get rid of the filth. We must allow... God, by his word, to grow within us, right? That, that that word that has been planted, we gotta allow it, give it room, give it permission to teach us, to convict us, to discipline us, to challenge us, to change us, where we don't just hear the word we don't want to just be brilliant professors of hearing the word and reading the word but that we would actually do what it says and if we do what it says it will actually affect our actions it might even control our tongue and then life spring at that moment our religion is no longer worthless and we are not fooling ourselves no we are a part of something that is meaty and something that will change this world we are now living a life that honors and pleases god that produces good fruit and then listen to what he says verse 27 he says pure in genuine religion, undefiled religion, in the sight of God the Father, it means caring for the widows, caring for the orphans, and refusing to let the world corrupt you. Wow, I love that verse, right? Because it's saying, when you are firing on all cylinders, when you are living this Christian life where the Holy Spirit is having his way in your life, you are being transformed by the Holy Spirit and the power of God's word. This is what it's gonna look like. This is what the good fruit is gonna look like. You're gonna be caring for the orphans. You're gonna be caring for the widows. And you're gonna refuse to let the world corrupt you. To James, he says, this is pure, undefiled religion. And it goes so well with what Jesus says. Do you remember what Jesus talked about in Matthew chapter 25? Pay attention to the the words that Jesus speaks. He says, but when the son of man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in his presence and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. I hope we're listening because this is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords talking right now. He says, The King will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of this world. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger. You invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me the righteous ones will reply Lord when did we ever see you hungry and feed you thirsty and give you something to drink a stranger and show you hospitality naked give you something to wear when did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you and the king tells us Jesus the king tells us I tell you the truth every one of you when you did it to one of the least of these my brothers and sisters you were doing it to me and this is what I really want us to consider this morning again we do not do good works to earn salvation the same is true after our salvation god works are not an attempt to get to god but good works are the overflow of a life that has truly and authentically been changed by god's love and changed by the power of his spirit good works that's just what god's sheep do like you can relax in it it's just what you do When you're God's sheep, it is the overflow of your life. It's just what happens. And and we see this played out again and again in our lives, right? In your life, have you seen it in your life? Yes. If you're a Christian here, yes, because you have been transformed. The garbage of life is taken out. We're changed from the inside out. And instead of us living a life of evil and moral filth, we begin to live a life that is guided by the word of God, led by the power of God. And a life that is guided by the power of God and the word of God, a life that is radiating the light of Christ and the glory of Christ, it will be a life, listen up, it will be a life that loves and serves those around us. A life that is led by the power of God and the power of his word will be a life that serves and loves those around us. It just will be the natural overflow of our lives. We will. Provide food for the hungry, we'll give drink for the thirsty, we'll give shelter for the stranger, clothing for the naked, care for the sick, visitation for the prisoner. You don't even have to stress about that. That is just what happens as a Christian. Why? Because that is what Jesus cares about. And when you give Jesus permission to flow in you and through you, guess what? That's what begins to happen in your life. Is that happening in your life? If you're a Christian, I hope you can say yes. See, as the Holy Spirit fills us, we're changed. And as we obey what God is calling us to do, I believe the world around us will begin to change as well. See, he fills us up for a greater purpose. He fills us up for something greater than myself. He cleans house. He fills us up so that we might actually be transformed, changed to become more like Jesus. Not for ourselves, but for others, for the world. Jesus came to this earth, not to be served, but to serve. And as we allow the Holy Spirit to take out the trash, we become more like Jesus, and we begin to do the things that Jesus would do, and the world will take notice. And by the way, this is when life gets exciting. Don't you just love being a Christian? I love being a Christian. Because of living on my own selfishness and just serving me, myself, and I, I actually get to live and love God and others. Anyone else signed up for that? Anybody else on that team? Or am I the only one? I think a lot of us are on that team. We love being Christians. We're like, right now, 2016, I would never want to be anywhere but right now, being a Christian, shine the light in the darkness. How cool it is that as I let the overflow of God, the overflow of his fruit just drip all over the place, I am making a difference, a change, all for the glory of God to the glory of Jesus Christ, that the world, when they see me, they see Jesus. Anybody else just freaking out about that? How cool it is to be a Christian. Your life is no longer useless or wasted, it is something intentionality it matters there's purpose and there's calling you're looking like jesus and the world is taking notice anybody else on that team i think a lot of us are on that team and i love being on that team that's why i love life spring jesus look at jesus he goes around loving the little children picking them up guess what you did this last week bbs you love the little children jesus he says take care of the orphan i'm i'm seeing Everyone around me taking care of the orphan through adoption, through foster care, through teaching, through parent educating, through uh, the missionary uh, work in Ghana. I-, I see you taking care of the widow. Just this fall, we're starting up again the the, the, the reading buddies that we do at the senior liver living care facilities, where we bring in the little kids and they read the books with with the people, the patrons of the senior living care facility. Just uh, first Wednesday in September, I'm going to start doing a church service at a different senior care uh, living facility. We're going to do church in. In the in the lobby of this uh, senior care facility we're, we're going to be taking care of the widow and, and these are things that just scratch the surface of what Lifespring is doing and this by the way doesn't even include what every single one of you is doing in your own life where you are serving in your workplace in your family in your schools in your neighborhoods and we don't do all these things just so we can look religious Or we don't just try to be nice people, right, because someone back in the day told us that nice people go to heaven. No, it's the overflow of a life that is washed by the blood of Jesus. It's the overflow of a life that is filled with his Holy Spirit. And now the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is just dripping all over you. You can't get away without giving a hug to someone. you give a hug to someone, the fruit of the Spirit is just dripping all over you. You are a sloppy mess. The fruit is dripping all over the place because of Christ in you, the hope of glory. And now you're filled and the fruit is there. And these good works, they're just the natural overflow of a life that is surrendered and committed to living for Jesus. It's the byproduct of a life that is living for the word of God, obedient to the voice of God. And it is so very good. Are you living that life? I hope you are. Otherwise, this is a real waste of time, right? You don't need another sermon. You don't need to read the Bible again. The word of God is in you right now. You just have to obey what he's saying. And if you obey what he's saying, he's going to use you. He's going to use you to shine his light and bring glory, make his name known to the world. That is your right right now. You do not have to wait till tomorrow. You do not have to wait till you're married. You do not have to wait till you're out of debt. Right now, Jesus Christ wants to use you for his glory and for his good. Do you believe that? Are you a part of the team? I hope you are. Hope you are. I want to close with this. I hope you can receive this today. I found that regardless of how long you've been a Christian, there are times when the enemy attacks. And often it's when we least expect it and it can catch us off guard. And in these times, the overflow, right? This joy of serving and giving and loving others, being the hands and feet of Jesus, it can be affected by the devil's schemes if we're not on guard. It's amazing how easily different things, small things, begin to creep in and begin to suddenly pile up again in our lives. It's garbage that weighs us down. It's garbage that quietly steals our joy away. That joy, the adventure of living for God and doing what he has called us to do. For some of us, maybe it's the unforgiveness in our heart. That bitterness that you've allowed to grow and it's keeping you from doing what God has asked you to do. For some of us, maybe it's the loss of a job or financial hardship. For others of us, maybe it's that hurt from a fractured relationship. And you know the relationship I'm talking about. It's the relationship that has caused the hurt. Others, maybe it's the fear that you have, a, 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 just a crippling fear because of the current political climate. I feel like I'm hanging out with a lot of people that are paralyzed in fear because of the current political climate. And you're holding on to those fears instead of doing what God has called you to do. Maybe it's a personal tragedy. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's sickness or pain. Or maybe it's a secret sin. It's ama- really, it's amazing all the various things that can come in steal our joy away. These are things that try to dim the light of Christ. that has been shining in you and through you. And all these things, if, if left alone, Each one can taint the picture of pure and undefiled religion. And the reason is simple, and I hope you can hear this this morning. See, these trials and these hardships, they put the focus back on us. We become inwardly focused, consumed by our own issues, our own wants, our own desires. And so the orphans and the widows, they're just kind of put on hold until we can get all of our stuff figured out. I believe every one of us goes through seasons like this where we're consumed more by our own issues than we are by the plans and purposes of God. I I get stuck in those seasons. All of us do. We've all journeyed down that road. It's actually pretty normal and it doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't mean that you don't love God. It doesn't mean that you don't love others. It's just that you have fallen into the trap that says that you have to have it all fixed before you can do what God has called you to do. And this is important because I love you, church, but I've seen people stay in this season... For way too long. For year after year after year after year after year. One day. Someday. But this morning I want you to know, and as I was praying this week, I felt the Lord was speaking this to me. Tell my church that I can handle all of this. So your burdens, your pain, your trials, Your sickness, your hardships, your fears, your anxieties, your worries, your depression, your despair. He says, let me handle these things, and you focus on what I've destined you to do. Don't wait until they're all gone. Let me handle them. Give them to me, and you focus on what I've called you to do. And so this morning as we close, we have placed some cards on every seat. And there's a good chance that there are things in your life that you know you've allowed to keep you tied down. Listen, you have given them permission to be the excuse for not doing what God has called you to do. I want to say that again. You have given them permission to be the excuse for not doing what God has called you to do. But today, let Jesus take care of that. Those things, though they are real, let's be honest, they're real and they're hard and they are trials and they are obstacles and they are challenges I want you to hear this those things they cannot and will not stop you from doing what God has called you to do do you believe that? do you believe that? or are you a part of a powerless religion? are these things able to keep you from doing what God has called you to do? or? Has God given you everything you need to live a godly life for Him, as 2 Peter 1.3 tells us. And honestly, regardless of what your attitude has been up to this point, in this moment, I challenge you. I challenge you, rise up in faith. Come on, come on. Put your trust in God. Give it all to Jesus. 1 mm-hmm. Peter 5.7 tells us, cast all your cares upon Him because He cares for you. Philippians 4.19 says that God will meet all your needs according to his rich, the riches of His glory in Christ Jesus. 2 Peter 1.3, I just said it, but by his divine power, listen, by his divine power, God is giving you everything you need to live a godly life. He's giving you exactly what you need right now today to do what he has called you to do. Have that kind of confidence in the Lord. Sometimes we can convince ourselves that the mess, somehow the mess has the power to keep us from doing what God has called us to do. But I saw this on Facebook earlier this week, that if God has brought you to it, He will see you through it see god won't call you to something that he cannot accomplish if god is calling you to serve somebody i hope you hear this today if god is calling you to serve somebody he's going to give you the power and the strength to serve somebody if god is calling you to help somebody to love somebody guess what god is going to give you the love the joy the peace the patience, the kindness, the goodness, the faithfulness, the gentleness, the self-control to do what he has called you to do. Do you believe that? Do you have confidence in the word of God? Are you a part of a powerless religion or are you part of the power of God residing within you, giving you everything you need to do what he's called you to do? What part? What side of the fence are you on this morning? What religion are you a part of? See, I want to give the, the opportunity for the Holy Spirit this morning to clean house. That he would just overflow you once again. For some of you, you just need the joy of the Lord once again to be your strength. That he would wash you. I mean, you need a washing. Like we're going to the car wash and we're going through twice, right? We just need the Holy Spirit to come in and clean house. That he would once again be filling you to overflow. And in a moment, I just want to encourage you. Call on the name of the Lord. Ask his light to shine in you. Ask his light to shine through you. That you would leave here this morning confident. That as he, as he shines in you, that you will do everything that he has called you to do. Everything he's called you to do. I want to leave us with this. It's from Jesus himself. I'm really into the words of Jesus. This is what he says in Matthew 5, 16. He says, hey, you, every one of you, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to to your father who is in heaven let your light shine why so that they can see the good works and give glory to our father in heaven we're gonna sing a song as we close and I just encourage you use this song as a time of prayer ask the Lord to reveal something to you maybe it's something that you've used as an excuse for not doing what God has called you to do write it down right down on the piece of paper. And before you leave, I would encourage you, crumple it up and throw it in the trash can. <laughs> Trumple, crumple it up, throw it in the trash can. In fact, I'm going to put this trash can right in front of the cross. Do you believe that He is the all-sufficient Savior? Do you believe that He's given you everything you need by the power of God within you to accomplish all that He has called you to do? Do you believe that? Well, regardless of where your attitude has been up to this point, I'm telling you, whether you're feeling guilty whether you're feeling condemned right now by the power of God he will give you all that you need that if you came in here feeling pretty worthless feeling pretty unspecial pretty unlovable that right now God says you are precious God says you are forgiven and you are free and I actually have good works I prepared in advance like before the creation of this world there were things that I thought Boy, I want you to do, and 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 I want you to do. And it's going to be a good thing, and it's not going to be a thing to try to get to God and stay with God. It's just going to be from the joy that you have, the relationship, the overflow of a life that is filled with the Holy Spirit to overflowing. It's just going to be who you are. It's just going to be who you are. But there might be a couple of things, one or two things that you just know. They're roadblocks. The things that have, let's be honest, you've just used them as an excuse and you've given them permission to be the excuse for not doing what God has called you to do. As we sing this song, I just encourage you, write it down and we're about to clean out the trash and it's going to be good.